There are so many amazing veggies to choose from in the seed catalogs that we're all pouring over this time of year, but there is a method to the madness. And I have some rules when it comes to perusing that keep me from going overboard. You have to shop smart. It's not hard, but if you don't know the ropes, you might end up super disappointed. Hey Zone 9 Gardener, did you know that you can harvest year-round where you live? In the Wild Child Garden, we harvest beautiful vegetables and herbs 52 weeks a year. There's no need for cover crops, never a time when we can't plant something, and there's always room to add beauty. I'm Kelly Johnson, founder and creator of Wild Child Kitchen Gardens, and I'm going to show you how to turn your garden into a wild child garden on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited to be here with you for season four. Here in season four, guys, we are going to take it up a notch. We are going to dig in to the heart of gardening and get really excited about what is to come in the new year and new season. So we took a few weeks off to enjoy the holidays with our families. And now that we have put Christmas away, literally squeezing every single drop out of the holidays and eating every piece of fudge in the house, it's time to start dreaming of our spring gardens. Now, let me just tell you, the week in between Christmas and New Year's is my favorite. There is so much possibility and potential in these seven days. I love to order my new calendar, break out my new season of my garden planner, and really just dream of the new year and what that's going to look like in my garden. If you're just as excited as me, you probably have all of the seed catalogs at your house, and maybe you're even perusing some of them, but don't order yet. I want to go through with you and show you exactly how I peruse my seed catalogs. There are so many amazing veggies to choose from, but there is a method to the madness, and I have a few rules when it comes to my perusing that keep me from going overboard. You have to shop smart, but don't worry, it isn't hard. But if you don't know the ropes, you might end up super disappointed. That is what we're going to talk about today. On the podcast, we are digging in to decoding the seed catalogs, and I have a freebie for you. You can download my seed shopping checklist at the link in the show notes. This checklist is going to help you remember these rules, and it's also going to help you not go overboard. When those packets of seeds are only a dollar or two a piece, you can really get more than you need, and then you know what happens. You're going to want to plant them all, and then you're not going to have room for them, and the frustration is going to build. You're going to overplant, you're going to crowd your garden, and you're going to be a disappointed gardener at the end of the season. I don't want that to happen. Today, we're going to dig in and we're going to decode those seed catalogs so that you can know exactly what you need to be able to grow. So are you ready to get the most out of your seed shopping this season? Let's get started. The first thing I want to make sure that you know before you ever start shopping is your garden planting zone. This is so important because what you're going to find is seeds that can be grown all over the world. 
Keep in mind, this is not a seed catalog for your specific city and state and your backyard garden. These are seed catalogs that are shipped all over the world. What you may find is that you're growing a tomato that is bred especially for colder climates. Well, if you plant that tomato in your zone nine garden, you're going to be very disappointed when it can't stand up to the heat. Ask me how I know. You want to make sure before you ever order any seeds that you know your garden planting zone. You can figure this out with a quick Google search or by visiting the USDA website where they list out the zones and show you the map. The zone is so important because it's literally there to tell you whether or not what you want to grow wants to grow with you. Now, this is surely going to make things a whole lot easier than if you found out it didn't want to grow with you about midway through the season, right? Here's a perfect example. It's fruit trees, but it is the same thing. And I think you can kind of understand what I'm talking about a little better if I just explain it this way. So some fruit trees are going to be recommended for colder zones, like zones three through six. Well, in our zone nine gardens and backyards where we would be growing these trees, it doesn't get cold enough. In order for some fruit trees to produce, they need what's called chill hours. This is basically a dormant resting period, and that's what's going to allow them to then bloom and set fruit. Now, not all fruit require those chill hours, but a lot do. So you're going to want to avoid planting those types of fruit trees if you're not going to get those chill hours. A great example is when South Louisiana gardeners want to grow apples. We get so excited, but we don't realize that there's only a few varieties of apples that we can grow here. And so we don't think about that. We just order the apple trees. The apple trees come and then we never, ever get fruit. We have beautiful trees, but we never get fruit. Why is that? It's because we don't have those chill hours. So you can see how making good choices based on your hardiness zone and the hardiness zone of the variety that you're choosing can really make or break your season. I want you to remember that because I want you to be successful. Here's the second thing. Always read the reviews. Listen, gardeners love to tell each other what worked and what didn't. They will post pictures. They will tell you everything they can possibly think of about every variety they grew. We're just really helpful like that. Make sure you read the reviews of every vegetable variety that you are looking to grow. The reason is, is because they're going to tell you in the review where they live. So it's not going to do you any good for someone to come on and say, I live in Oregon, Colorado, Montana. This variety did great for me. Nope. We're looking for somebody who says, I'm in South Louisiana or I'm in zone nine and this variety did phenomenal for me. 
if you can see that somewhere or at least just get an idea of what varieties do well in what areas, you are going to be so much more successful. Of course, that's not going to guarantee you an amazing harvest, but what it is going to do is absolutely 100% give you a better chance of an amazing harvest. So make sure you read the reviews. It's also pretty fun because as you're reading, you're going to learn a lot of other things about these varieties as well. You're going to see what pest really took the toll on certain varieties and which ones really didn't have a lot of pest issues. Who was really good in the drought and who did you have to keep watered all year long? It's going to tell you a lot. Another reason you want to read the reviews is because you want to take that information and decide if this is the right variety for you. Just because you can grow something in your backyard garden doesn't mean you should. In the Wild Child Gardening Method, we call our garden soil real estate. And let me tell you something. You've got to meet three criteria in order to make it into our garden beds. You have to be easy to grow, overproducing, and absolutely beautiful. If you don't fit those three criteria, there is just not going to be space for you inside of that garden bed because that real estate is at a premium. Let me tell you, we only have so much space. Let's focus on planting things that are going to do really, really well for us, that are going to overproduce for us, that are not going to be difficult drama queens. And let's make sure they're beautiful while we're at it, right? These reviews are going to help you really dig in and see what cucumbers were dramatic, what squash just never really overproduced, and what tomato ended up just being an unruly mess that you never could keep tame and that never really turned beautiful. There are a lot of tomatoes to choose from. There's no reason to grow a dramatic one, I can tell you. So read the reviews. And also remember... Seeds last for years. You don't have to freeze them to make them last for years. You can put them in the refrigerator, but a cool, dark space is all that they need to last a very long time. You don't have to buy everything right now. In most cases, you probably will never need more than one pack of each variety. Seed packs contain anywhere from 25 to 50 to 100 seeds. You're certainly not going to plant 100 of something in most cases, right? So just get one pack, see how you like it, and if it does really well for you, make note of it and get more the following year. You don't have to buy everything right now. Number four, I want you to have a plan before you buy. This is so important. We always have a plan. I teach this inside of the Kitchen Garden Academy. I teach this inside of the Wild Child Garden Club. We have to have a plan before we buy. Now, I know that you would love to grow every variety of pepper on that entire page of that seed catalog. But listen, you probably don't have the space for that, right? Don't set yourself up for a frustrating season. Pick one or two varieties that you really can get excited about and grow them. Remember, you don't have to do everything right now. I don't want to see you frustrated with tons and tons of seed packs that you're just not going to be able to use. 
but that you're going to really, really want to. That leads us right back to the problem we always find ourselves in, right? We overcrowd our gardens. We get super excited about what we have to grow. And we don't think about what the plant needs from us in order to thrive. Don't put yourself in that position. Don't even let yourself go there. Get what you need and let it be enough for this year. Dream big, but start small. Super, super important. I also want to remind you here that you don't have to stress out about finding those non-GMO seeds. Every year I'm asked this several times over and over and over, especially this time of year when all of those seed catalogs are rolling in. Everybody wants to know where are the non-GMO seeds. Guess what? There are no seeds available to home gardeners right now that are genetically modified. So you have nothing to worry about. Whether the company states it or not, your seeds, you can be sure, are not genetically modified. Now that may change in the future, but for now, we have absolutely nothing to worry about. Now, a couple more things I want to make sure you remember as you're doing your seed shopping. The next is that you're probably going to be offered free shipping, So take advantage. Go ahead and get your herbs and flowers while you're at it, following the same rules that we do with our veggies. We want to make sure that we know where they like to grow. We want to make sure that we have space for them. We want to make sure that we have a plan of where they're going to go. We want to make sure that we can use them. But if we're going to get free shipping, let's take advantage and let's go ahead and get those herbs and flowers too. You can also get the things that you want to grow in the cold season, even though technically we're not really shopping for fall and winter veggies anymore. You can get those seeds. Remember I told you they're going to last a good long while. So take advantage of that free shipping if you're offered it and get what you need. Go ahead and get a few things for fall and winter, then you'll have it and get your herbs and flowers while you're there. Finally, and probably the most important thing to remember when you're seed shopping is find a trusted source and ask them, Has, have you ever grown this before? Hey, do you know anything about this variety? If you're shopping for seeds for the first time, I can tell you, I know that you're probably a little bit overwhelmed. These catalogs are thick and those packets are only a dollar or two a piece. That makes it really, really hard not to just say one of everything, please. Set yourself a budget and put your top favorites in there and then ask around. What I love to do is kind of put everything I want to grow into a list And then I start reading the reviews on those vegetables. I start really searching online and seeing how I feel about them. I start asking around to those trusted gardeners that I know grow in my area and will be honest with me. That is so important. Then you can weed that list down. You can sort of come in and take things off of your list that no longer fit with your goals and with what you want to do. That's key guys. You don't want to give up space in your garden to something that's not going to point you in the direction of and help you reach your goal. We never want to do that. Let me tell you a quick story about this. One year I decided that I was going to do all heirloom tomatoes. 
I was going to grow rare varieties that were really, really beautiful. I had some pink tomatoes with red stripes. I had yellow tomatoes with green stripes. I had giant tomatoes. I had all of these rare heirlooms, and that was going to be all I grew. And I was so excited and so hopeful. As those big, huge plants just took over my garden, I just thought this was going to be the most beautiful garden ever. But what I didn't realize is that if you grow rare, exotic varieties, they are never going to be an overproducer. Those rare, exotic varieties are rare and exotic. So they only produce one or two fruit per plant. So imagine how disappointed I was and imagine how much pressure there was on me to get that one fruit off of that plant that I had been feeding and tending and caring for and giving space to in my garden for this entire season. Get that thing to the table. A lot of pressure. A lot of frustration. Pests became my only focus. I was so obsessed with the fact that a hornworm might take a bite out of that one tomato on that plant. Or that aphids may come in and destroy it. Or that leaf-footed bugs may come suck all the juice out of it. It makes it less fun to grow like that. If I would have had a mentor a trusted source that I could have asked about that, I feel pretty certain they would have told me what I tell the gardeners that I coach, which is grow one or two of those exciting varieties, those rare guys if you want to, but make sure you've got a garden full of tried and trues so that you can eat a tomato sandwich every single day, so that you can have tomatoes in your salads every day and you can eat BLTs for supper once a week the whole summer. I wish I would have had someone to ask that to. When you start shopping for seeds, I want you to remember to include some of those must-grow varieties. If you see a tomato that you just have to try, well, by all means, try it. But always include those must-grow varieties in your garden so that you're not frustrated, so that the pressure isn't so great that it takes all of the fun out of gardening. The wild child garden is the busy woman's garden. We want to be able to go out to our easy-to-grow, overproducing, and beautiful garden and enjoy it. We don't want to stress out about it, right? Now, I want to offer you my Success with Seeds course. It's completely free, and I will take you step-by-step through the entire process of seed starting. If you're on the fence about seed starting and you don't really know if it's something that you even want to do, I would encourage you to head over to the blog, and I will link this for you in the show notes, and read the blog post about why I start seeds in the first place. As you read that post, I think you might get inspired to start seeds yourself. If you do, join us in my free class, Success with Seeds. It's a Facebook group, comes with a workbook, teaching videos, and I'm going to walk you step-by-step through the entire seed starting process. And I'm going to send you over my favorite varieties to grow in the warm season when you join us. This is the most popular free course I offer. We have had thousands of gardeners go through this course and 
thousands of successful seed starters. I take you all the way from seed shopping and getting your supplies together to planting in your garden. This is a fantastic course for you. I would love to be your trusted mentor. Come on in and join us over there at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash seeds. All of this can be found in the show notes for you. I hope that this has been really helpful, and I hope that you are starting to feel like seed shopping may not be as overwhelming as you once thought. I hope that you see starting seeds as a way that you can get the varieties that you want, as a way that you can try new things that you may not be able to find in the nursery. It's also a way to keep your hands busy in the cold weather. Our gardens are growing themselves out there. We really just want to go out and pick and come back indoors, right? It's just not really pleasant outside. So this gives us something to do while we let our gardens grow themselves. Seed starting is lots of fun. It's not overwhelming, doesn't have to be for sure, but I want you to keep this checklist top of mind. I want you to enjoy shopping for seeds. I want you to make all kinds of lists that have everything on them that you want to grow. And then I want you to sort of weed them out. Figure out which things are best for you, which can wait for another season. Which things do you need to go ahead and add to your cart now while you've got free shipping? And who is your trusted mentor? Get on the phone with them. Get online with them. Ask them. If they know anything about the seeds that you're starting, for sure read those reviews. And if you don't have a trusted garden mentor, I would love for you to join us in Success with Seeds. We are going to all be successful with our seeds this year, and I hope to see you inside. Have a great rest of your week, and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I hope today's episode has inspired you to get outdoors and release your inner wild child. I know that when you do, you will heal your soul. Until next time, keep growing and find out more about Wild Child Kitchen Garden at www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. Thank you so much again for joining me and I will see you right back here next time.